It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, February 21st, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really hoping Travis Konechny is okay after that one. Yeah, my my head's still spinning over this pile of something that I watched. I'm not sure what it was. Well, we're going to get into all of it, plus we're going to check in with the Phantoms all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Flyers. That is where we post about our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. We have a mailbag almost every week, so get those questions in. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. So subscribe. You will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, uh, the day began yesterday with an interesting decision by John Tortorella to scratch Travis Sanheim. Uh, when he is returning to the scene of his junior hockey days and has friends and family in the area. And, you know, we know we had a rough game against Vancouver, but do you think that was warranted? No, I mean, look, I wasn't surprised based on who the coach is, but I don't think it was warranted. I would have just dropped him down in the lineup. Uh, but again, yeah. he really wanted to make a point. So, okay, you made your point. Uh, it was a hell of a move there, I would yeah. say. Uh, choices were made. Uh, another choice I think that was made in this one was to really just essentially bench Joel Farabee. And I think it was problematic to me for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I really think that he deserves a little bit more grace this season with his injury recovery. And it's one thing to like put him on a line where he gets fewer minutes, but to bench him very obviously like this was a problem. And for me, that caused some trickle down effect, right? Because Ali Lixel got put in, which very happy about, but because they were on the same line, you know, at least until the Travis Konechny injury, Lixel's minutes were limited to the same minutes that Farabee was right. too. I know they put Wade Allison in more to fill in for yeah. Travis Konechny, which honestly makes sense. Like I don't mm. disagree with that because they're on the right side, you know, it, it, it works, but I do think that Ali Lixel was kind of punished for Joel Farabee being benched. Yeah. I mean, he did have a good chance that game, but yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just the way it rolled. But see, that's the thing. I mean, when when you have a coach that wants to do these things, you can throw your team into chaos. And this game was chaos. I mean, it was truly chaos. I mean, again, yes, Sam Erson bailed everybody out. But what, they have four or five breakaways? Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah, Sam Erson was absolutely the star of the show in this one. 33 saves on 36 shots. And he's 6-0 and now. Yeah. 
Uh, and considering that the Flames were up 48 to 28 in scoring chances, it's not just the saves he made, but Samerson had to be really alert for huge swaths of that game. It took a lot of work and a lot of concentration. And, you know, the, I would say one bad-ish goal that he let yeah, in. Yeah, he had one bad one, one and, and the Coleman yeah. one he got lucky with. I mean, you yeah. know, he got beat on that, but it hit the inside of the post. It bounces out. It defies physics. That's the way hockey goes sometimes. You just can't figure that out. Right. But, I mean, the Flyers' defense was was hot garbage. I mean, it really was. And Chuano's... In the third period, like, oh, absolutely. Third period especially. It was before that, but third period especially. Uh, but, look, they got through the win, uh, you know. If this is how you want to win games, I don't know. I mean, is it going to make Travis Sanheim better? I don't know. Is it going to help Joel Farabee? Probably not because he's probably still, like, not 100% from his neck. I mean, yeah, I think he's been, you know, as good as he could be. Yes, at times we we have said we would like him to be a little better, but then we also have sort of, you know, pushed ourselves back and said, well, he is coming back from that injury, and that is a tough injury. And, you know, again, I guess yeah. the coach doesn't really – want to bring that into play so it's like if you're playing you got to play uh at the, the way he wants it and if you don't he's benching you so all right fair or not yeah i think you know again on the plus side of things i do want to say wade allison did step up mm -hmm. in this game when yeah, that was a nice goal um, yeah it really was like getting to the right position and it was a good feed from jvr on on that one and then cam york also great pass from york on the delorier goal on the delorier uh, goal yes he he also yeah. had some not great turnovers too uh that was yeah. it was a mixed bag for cam but the, the delorier play was a great play and and good for delorier getting a goal like that you know that was fun i know he's always so happy he is that was fun for him so that's you know it's always fun to see a guy like that who who really you know earns a goal um but uh, again, I saw some really bad play out of Owen Tippett. Like he was getting pushed around. Mm -hmm. He was not playing fully engaged on defense. That play at the end of the game, penalty killing, where he's trying to like have some touch on it to throw it in the end and it goes for icing. It's just these are things he really desperately needs to work on, or otherwise he is just going to be a third liner. Like that's it. And there's going to be a time where that, you know, evaluation's made. And this is the, one of the years where he's got a chance to prove he could be more than that. But so right. far, he hasn't really done that. Yeah. And uh, I would say that the PK, you know, four for four. Yeah. So no, that was th great. That was that was good. But they did rely very heavily on block shots in this game. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think they had uh, 30 of them 30. over the course of the game, yeah. which is, you know, I, I think that harkens back to earlier in the season where they had kind of leveled out and were yeah. playing solid defense where they didn't need to block as many shots for a while. This was definitely an earlier in the season <laughs> style game it was. defensively. And look, Travis Konecki had a great game. Uh, it's a shame that he has to play at that level every minute of every shift like he can't not do that or if, if he doesn't they don't win it almost seems like that and i give the guy credit man he's really this is not only his best season but he's really put it all out there and uh and now he may be injured for a while so we don't know we'll see uh how that goes that didn't look great though i, I can't imagine he'll be in next game but we'll say in the interim you know they got their two points but i think as far as um progression there was no progression in that game it was all sam erson yeah 
I mean, good for him. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, very happy for him as well. It, it is interesting because as we've been talking about Flyers wins versus losses heading into this critical time of uh, we really want to be in that draft lottery, but you don't want to hinder progression. You know, to me, in some ways, this was a really good win because they did hold on and they showed some resiliency, but also there was some horrific play in the third period that maybe they didn't really deserve to win this game. Yeah, I mean, if the Coleman goal goes in, on the L. It, it changes mm -hmm. the complexion of the game. It does. Yeah. So is this the game you want in the L column yeah. <laughs> for lottery purposes? The way this game went, it's a mixed bag. And there's some websites I know that are saying, well, the Flyers are currently picking eighth. Well, it's not necessarily true. I mean, uh, you don't know if they're picking eighth because other teams can move up. And so, again, even if they pick somewhere between eight and ten in this draft, I would say that's a missed opportunity. Even though I think they're going to get a good player, uh, if you get in the top five, you you might get a franchise player. And and yeah. after that, I don't think you will. So that's what, you know, again, when you watch the Flyers against most of these other teams, we knew Calgary would play exactly their style because that's what Daryl Sutter does, and that's exactly what we saw. Um, but, you know, when they play teams that have, you know, a lot of highly skilled guys, it just – I just say, like, how are they getting these guys in the future? Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about the second half of the back-to-back -back against the Oilers coming up tonight and then get into our Phantoms Tuesday report coming up next. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. Uh, I don't know as much about the NBA, but I will say uh, it's been an interesting trade deadline with lots of moves mm -hmm. in the NBA. So uh, definitely do your research before you make your bets because a lot of players change teams. True. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So Russ, heading into the last of the Flyers After Dark matchups in the West, uh, facing the Edmonton Oilers, which uh, we have seen them very recently, but the Oilers, uh, you know, that started a bit of a downturn for them as of late. Uh, they haven't uh, won much since then, only one game. They're on a four-game losing streak. And the biggest problem for them right now is their defensive side of things, which we had talked about prior to the game against the Flyers, that that was something that they had actually improved this season. But it has not gone for, well for them recently. Uh, they did 
blow a pretty decent lead against the Avalanche. And uh, there are some questions being asked right now. Yeah, and they did against the Rangers, too. I watched a lot of that game. They were up like 3 nothing, 4-1, and, and they ended up losing that 5-4. Uh, yeah, they're, they need to sort of get it together. And I guess this is going to make Ken Holland go out and get a defenseman and, and try and short things up a little more. Uh, Jack Campbell looked like he was back on the straight and narrow. Now I'm not sure. So that's, right. that's another thing. So that's, you know, that's an interesting thing to see um, what uh, they're going to do goalie wise. Uh, it'll, you know, I'm not sure who they're going to have in for the flyers, but uh, the flyers are going to have to play a different game. This game that they played tonight, they won't be able to play against Edmonton. Like we know that. No. And, and so no. <laughs> it's going to require a different lineup. It's going to require, you know, more speed. And so we'll see what kind of adjustments are made. Yeah, especially if Travis Konechny is out. That's right. going to be a huge blow in a, in a game like this against Edmonton. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he's not in there, that's that's something. And, and that, you know, again, but again, uh, is that the game where John Tortorella says, all right, look, Ali Lixel, I'm putting you on the second line and I'm putting you in for 17, 15, 17 minutes this game. Let's let's see you get some real good offensive chances or is he going to just play Wade Allison 23 minutes and just bury Lixel? Like he probably will do that. And, and this is yeah. the, the problem that I have with the coach as far as getting guys to develop because he just falls back on, uh, I'm going to just use the guys that I know more. I'll play the other guy. Hey, look, I'm playing the young guys, but I'm still going to put the other guys in for much better situations and play them more because that's, that's what I'm comfortable yeah. with. Yeah. All right. Well, it'll be an interesting one. That is for sure. We will talk about that game on tomorrow's show. But in the meantime, uh, speaking of developing players, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, man, they had a bizarro week this past week. Uh, there was a flu bug or some sort of virus going around that a lot of the players got hit with. And so there was a whole bunch of scratches related to that all week. Um, on the upside, Troy Grosnick came back. Uh, we talked about him last week and when was he re returning? Um, yeah. His first game back was last Tuesday. And uh, I would say he had a decent week for his first week back, despite the results of the team. Um, rough, rough week in terms of the points column for the phantoms where they lost uh, three of the four games that they had uh, they won saturday in a shootout so because of all that they're back down to fifth in the division and charlotte made a huge jump up because yeah. they beat the phantoms who were directly you know they were neck and neck in the division springfield seems to still be incapable of losing right now <laughs> So hence the the fifth place spot, but there's still room in there. Everybody's still pretty close. So they are, you know, it's, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. Um, if they don't make it this year, they might point back to this weekend and say, hmm, we needed more yeah. points out of it. But uh, look, I, I, yeah. they, they are still in it, uh, but this was disappointing. And one of them took, took it to be a shootout win, which again, it's like, you know, these four game weeks, they, they haven't been, great from what i remember they do well when it's two or three but you know with the fours i don't think they're doing so well and you know yes they could say it's the flu but these are things that go on with all teams so they just have to do better they do 
Yeah, I think, you know, obviously the Charlotte games, there was something very wrong going on there. Now, Charlotte is a very good team. No, they're a team. Real. So, you know, I think that I would say that obviously the game Tuesday was better and much closer. The Wednesday game, just nothing went right. Uh, Jerry Mayhew actually had a hat trick for Charlotte. Which, Flyers legend. You know, Flyers legend Jerry Mayhew. Uh, I, I would Always say, has his legs yeah. moving. You got to give him credit for that. It's true. No, he had a great game that day. Yeah. No question. Um, I would say the Saturday game against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. I mean, I felt like Saturday Night Live Stefan with that game. It had everything because there was a, a comeback twice. There, Alex Kyle, who hadn't played in the AHL since December, gets called up because of this flu bug, gets two goals in that game. Yeah. Uh, we had Troy Grosnick stop a penalty shot in overtime to save that Massive. one. And there was this goal review on the shootout, which was absolute madness. In terms yeah, I don't know of, if I've ever seen that. It was crazy. So that did, that game absolutely did have everything. And it was, so it was good to see the Phantoms come out on top. And then they, they just like, everything just collapsed on Sunday where, you know, the Phantoms were up uh, four to two halfway through the third and gave up three goals in five minutes. And then the empty net goal uh, to wind up losing that game six to four. And that's the absolute kind of game that the Phantoms cannot afford to have. And I understand, you know, it's the end of a long week and, you know, people were out, but you cannot have that kind of collapse. No, and Hartford gives up a lot of goals. Like that's, that's a bad one. That, that one really got away from them. And um, look, overall, you know, on the plus side, you know, when we talk about players later, there's, there's, there's a couple that are playing well, but as a team, I'll be honest. I, I, you know, again, if they don't make the playoffs, the organization needs to make changes. Yeah. And it, it was especially disappointing to have that collapse because Garrett Wilson had a hat trick in yeah. that game and you wanted to be really happy for him. But they also yeah. gave up a hat trick to Gustav Rydahl and uh, which is just unnecessary in my opinion yeah for that guy to get a hattie and the thing is as much as i want to be happy for wilson i want to see some of these young guys getting hat tricks and not him exactly and and that's not happening much either so you know all of that is a problem yeah so i would say you know from a big picture perspective definitely happy to see troy grosnick back in and he had a decent week um Special teams were upside down and backwards with the power play just being dreadful. Um, and they did mostly well on the PK. Again, inverse of what's usual, but different like, guys out like there. Like Freaky Friday. Different, yeah, yeah it, but it was like all different people on the yeah. power play and the penalty kill because of all the Right, because of all the changes, yeah. And, yeah, so it just goes to show you how uh, that can make a huge difference. And... See, but this is where really system and structure matters a lot. And honestly, I, I don't watch any Reading games, so I can't tell you if they're doing the same thing as Lehigh. But again, I would have to ask the question, if Torts is saying, Lappy, go do what you're going to do, I can't imagine he's not saying that to, to Reading too. So, you know, you might have three different three teams playing three completely different systems, which doesn't help when this situation happens and you've got to call guys up because you want them to be able to seamlessly play a role. And they're like, Oh yeah, we do this. I'm used to this. I know exactly what to do here. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think they're lacking that. Yeah, they they really are. Uh, there are some individual players, though, who are doing some good things. And mm-hmm. um, I have a, an interesting thought on one of them that I want to run by you, Russ. So okay. we are going to do that coming up next. Today's episode sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, and focus. It costs you less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit it's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto paleo vegan dairy free or gluten free athletic greens contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Russ, getting back to the Phantoms, uh, I want to talk first about Elliot Denoyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a, a pretty solid weekend, uh, a really nice assist on the Ronnie Adder goal Tuesday. And then in that collapse versus Hartford, he had a goal and three assists. Um, and I just thought it was one of his best games of the season. For sure. He had an absolute killer play behind the net to steal the puck from the goaltender, Louis Domingue, um, who it always like freaks me out that he's playing in Hartford right now. Well, he but plays everywhere, right? Like he's I in know. the pro, he's up in the he's NHL, everywhere. he's in the AHL, he's everywhere. But he like Domingue was behind the net trying to make a play and Denoy just sweeps in there and gets the puck away and kicks it out front. Eventually, that's one of Garrett Wilson's goals in, in the hat trick. Um, a really nice power play goal on a good feed from Ronnie Adderd, uh, you know, found the open space on the back door. And so right now he is actually now tied Ali Lixel for the points leader on the Phantoms. And, you know, obviously with Ali Lixel playing up with the yeah. Flyers, uh, as Bob Rochuk pointed out during the broadcast, uh, he's creeping up on what could be a Phantoms record for goals by a rookie. Uh, he's got 18 goals right now. Um, yeah, my my squirrely thoughts in my head saying, I know post trade deadline, if you're going to call up some guys just to get some NHL time, you know, my my thought immediately goes to Tyson Forrester uh, just from a size and yeah. skill set capability. But I'm starting to have these squirrely thoughts in my head like, uh, are they going to call up Elliot Denoye? Like, is this a thing that they would do this season? I think they might. I I, I kind of would hesitate because I don't think his complete game is there yet. Like you said, he right. made that great play, but you know, at the NHL level, things are going to be just a little faster, and uh, he's not going to make that play in the NHL with NHL goalies. And if, you know, just that's 
but he, he made it and it's good. He's just not going to have that kind of time in the NHL to do that. Um, in the end, though, I do think they would call him up because I do think they, you know, yeah. Torts would be looking for scoring, and and I just don't think it's the right time. If you want to give him a couple games, fine. I'm not going to ever say no to a couple games. But if he gets a, a better chance than Lixell because he's the goal-scoring guy, I mean, whatever. I'll just hold, I'll throw my hands up and say, hey, Denoye is possibly your future. I get that. But, you know, there's a certain uh, way to do this, and I don't agree with it. That's my thought as well. It's like we've been talking all year that – he really needs to stay in the AHL for this whole season, but yes. just based on the way he's playing and you know the goal scoring, I think that that's just eye candy for the Flyers, and there could be a scenario where he gets the call up for a little bit. Yep. Um, I also want to touch on uh, Zade Wisdom, who we've been keeping an eye on. He was the only Phantoms goal scorer on Wednesday versus Charlotte. I think his game, it's not there yet, but it is picking up. I think he's gaining a little bit of confidence here. Yeah, as I pointed out here and when I wrote about him um, on Philly Hockey Now, uh, I do think he's doing all the right things. So I do feel like his game is going to go the right way. So I'm not worried about Zade Wisdom and, you know, he got that goal, which is nice. Maybe that helps his uh, overall game too, confidence-wise and what whatnot. But I do feel like... Uh, he, he he hasn't lost anything. I just feel like it's going to trend up. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think that's a really good thing. Uh, I also want to yeah. talk about Agor Zamula because, you know, he's had a very difficult year, but he finally got his first goal of the season in that game against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. And uh, God, the relief was palpable on his face and uh, everybody was happy for him. But I did think, you know, obviously where everybody collapsed in that third period. Other than that, I thought the game that he had was really good. And he's been looking a lot better in terms of a puck distributor on the power play as of late. And I feel like similarly about him as I do about Zade Wisdom, that I feel like he's starting to put some of the pieces together, but just the situations haven't been there entirely for him to really showcase what he can do. But I'm less worried about him than I was earlier in the season. Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's had some good points, you know, mid-season. There's been other times where he shined. I just worry that he's going to be a throw-in in a trade. I just feel like I could feel that one of my bones, like that might happen. And uh, and this way they can keep Belpedio because, you know, he's on the top he's on the top pairing and you got to keep him there. No matter how good Ronnie Adder plays, you can't take him off the second pairing, Rachel. Remember that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then... Oh, wait. Uh, tell me it's not true. I mean, that's all. Just say that's not true, Russ. Listen... <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, if they throw in Zamolo in some sort of deal, I will be sad. But I think in the right deal, it's an okay thing to do. And Ronnie Adderd, should he be trapped on the second pairing all year? Uh, I think Ronnie Adderd has a better chance of making it back to the Flyers. I, I honestly do. So he's going to get to the Flyers before he gets to the first pairing in the on the AHL team. That could happen, and that it makes no happen. sense. And it makes no sense to me. Yeah, I think next year's camp is going to be huge. And if he can, if he yeah. steps up in a way, he'll make that leap. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I think that um, 
there there's yeah. definitely and Brink's playing well too we should say yeah. that bobby Brink's playing well yeah even when he's not getting on the scoreboard he is playing well i think his vision is really good and he's really settling into his game and you know he's got 16 points in 19 games so uh i i think that's real good coming back from an injury it is can't ask for much more all right. There are three games this week for the Phantoms. Uh, Wednesday at Wilkes-Barre-Scranton, Saturday at Hershey, and Sunday at Bridgeport. So they're on the road all week. They've been much better on the road, I think, than at home. They've got to so, win that Bridgeport game because yeah. Bridgeport's facing them. Like, they don't win that one. They're in trouble. I know. I know. Hopefully a two out of three week. We're going to keep our fingers crossed that that's what we get. Uh, that will do it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow. We are going to talk about Flyers versus Oilers and so much more. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. And have a great day, everyone.